Welcome to Phone Messages, Episode 117, A Pair of New Clogs. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play message number nine from Sakai Tang, and it is the final message in a four-part series, all likely recorded on September 16, 1989. The message is 2 minutes and 52 seconds long. Let's listen. My mom bought me a pair of new clogs today. She wants to make me feel loved. I feel loved, cared by someone. It feels none of my existing emptiness, but my feet are happy. It lifted me up when I walk. I wonder if they would change my life from now on. I'm not superstitious anymore. I don't believe that material things can change my metaphysical future. In fact, I don't believe in any faith anymore, hardly even myself. I wish I do. Many of the existing faith seems to derive from some sort of scandal or propaganda to be virtuous by someone's standard. This someone is usually an empowered ruler or controller, maybe just an aspired leader with a god complex. To be religious in any faith is to deny mortality or humanness. It is an attempt to be closer to God and to be like God, an attempt to rise above normal human capacity, to be more in control. My equivalence of religion is a vegetarian diet, learning languages, or keep learning in general, not hurting other people. I believe that the forces of nature are watching us, the earth, the universe. They and the spirits of all the passed away people have their ways of regulating space, time, and how things should turn out. We live with everything. Everything that is, was, and will be. Anything that had ever existed, transformed, or evaporated. Matter disintegrates, but it never disappears. Particles of our past, of all the past years, decades, millennium, surround us all the time. We live with our past, our sins, our guilt, our laughs, our love, our lust, our tears, our fears. They're all with us. But they do not affect us. They exist having full right to their own existence in their own space. We do the same. We all have our own territory and space on Earth. We all go about our own things, pursuing our own goals. In the cities, people tend to make believe that they have more rights to exist than others. But that's the biggest myth and lie ever invented. It's just untrue. Nature can contest to that every day. Wow. I think I have that written down. <laughs> I don't think I was speaking from the head, top of my head. I guess I was working out some ideas. You're not a vegetarian anymore. No, but back then I was. Working at my dad's restaurant, I was a total devoted vegetarian because I meet all these vegetarians every day working there. I remember that when I was about 13, I started working and 
after lunch, I like to go for a walk. And you know, there's nothing to do in Chinatown, so I just go into a store. I buy some M&Ms or something. And I would bring them back, and some of the customers would look at it. I remember this lady, she looked at it, she said, what is that? And I said, it's just sugar. And she's like, sugar? Do you know how bad that is for your body? Blah, blah, blah. And she scared me. I thought it was like a harmless snack. But after she told me the evilness of sugar, and I had to cut that out too. So at the age of 16, I was like eating sorbet noodles in miso soup, macrobiotic basically. When did languages become important for you? Oh, I wanted to speak five languages before I turned 25. When I came here, I realized how important learning a different language is. When I was in Hong Kong, like I barely spoke English. But by the time I came here, I had to learn English. And in the process of learning it, I felt that I learned a lot more. And then when I started school in here, I started to learn Spanish. It was as if it was magic. Like you learn the language and then you all of a sudden can communicate with this whole group of people that you didn't used to be able to communicate with. So I really wanted to learn as many languages as possible so that I could constantly have this paradigm change. Like there's another whole different aspects of life that you didn't consider, but because you learned this language, you know, you're able to consider that. What else was on that list? I think I mentioned one thing was that something physical can change your metaphysical. I mean, this actually, I think it stems from a conversation that I had with this young lady who was working in the restaurant as a waitress. I was trying to describe like a really simple contentment. And I think maybe it was some food or some snack that I had or some small things that I bought. And sometimes life is that simple. You can have like just something that doesn't cost a lot, that doesn't mean anything. And it could actually deliver you to happiness, no matter how short-lived that is. And she does agree with me. She's like, you are overly emphasizing material. I was reading a lot of Eastern religion. I was interested in transcendental meditation. I believed in being able to transcend your everyday understanding. I grew up with a version of Buddhism in Hong Kong. And that version of Buddhism is, it's very transactional. You go and you pay some money and then you get the blessing. You go eat vegetarian food the first day of the month and then you have done your dues. So I never really have such a good opinion about religion. The other thing you say is that people in the city think that they deserve something. That they have more rights. I think maybe I was feeling the culture shock maybe of moving back to New York from Chicago. Could be because there's less space. So many people are fighting over like small space. I mean, I remember being in the restaurant and the restaurant had to have an exhaust system, but the space of the restaurant was situated underneath a residential building and the residents upstairs were complaining about the exhaust noise and 
I only learned it after I made friends with the residents of the, the building and they told me about it. And then after I learned about it, I was, I was feeling so bad. I was like, I had no idea that, that in order to run a successful kitchen, the restaurant would actually be taking something away from the residents. When you have so many sectors of society come together in a small space, everybody is fighting for what they want. You know, the residents want a peace of mind, wants nothing happening in the building. And then you as a restaurant owner wanted to have a good exhaust system so your customer can have better air. And your landlord wanted to have a restaurant in there so that they, they could charge good rent. Somehow, everybody has to negotiate. Biking home after our interview, I thought of one more question I really wanted to ask. So when I got home, I called Sakai up. How much of what you said in that message do you still believe? I'm trying to think if that is actually a belief or it's just a fleeting sentiment. I mean, right now, I probably won't bother to write those things down and then reciting it because I think nowadays there's so many people expressing their thoughts on Twitter or on YouTube. I don't think I would find it necessary to do it. In just a few words, Sakai expresses how overloaded we now are with personal expressions. Despite this overload, if you would like to express yourself on this podcast, please contact me through my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Many thanks to Sakai for her thoughts on clogs. And thank you for listening. Talk to you next week.